That was our sermon for this morning, so let's pray. I'm just kidding. That was perfect. Spot on. Everything is it's in the scripture, uh, Luke, uh, so you can find it word for word, right? No, I'm just kidding. Um, man, the last, I'm not going to lie, the last part of that is my favorite part. Is the, uh, what does he say then? He says, you're the best baby I've ever seen. Like, I, that's, I don't know what it is about that, but it's really funny to me, and I can just hear it over and over. It's probably the 10th time I played that in the last week or two, so that tells you what I do when I'm not here. So, um, I, so I'm filling in this morning, um, so God um, did some things this morning, orchestrated some events, and, I, and I'm here uh, speaking to you because our pastor, he wasn't feeling very well this morning, and so he came to me in the first service, and he says, uh, I don't think I can get through this message today, so I, I, I'm going to need you to speak this morning. So, so what I did, I was like, let's pray, Pastor, let's pray right here. Um, but I'm excited. I believe that this is not on purpose, that somehow this escaped God's perfect plan. Um, I believe that the, the God orchestrated that there are things this morning that you all need to hear, that the first service needed to hear. Um, and, and listen, the, it, the Bible is filled with God using wretched people, right? So, so I'm here with you and telling you I'm, 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 I'm the sinner just like everyone else, but I love God's word and I'm excited about the Christmas story. I've been reading it since November. I can't get enough of it. Um, so this morning, we, we, the message that I'm bringing to you is a message that I actually um, gave to, to youth, to our youth here at this church uh, last week or the week before last. And it's called The Thrill of Hope because we sing these Christmas carols that are incredible. These Christmas carols are filled with great, uh, great truths of God's word, and so gospel-centered, and so, and, and we kind of just sing them just as regular carols or just as other songs. But, but really, we when we sing these songs, some of these songs, we ought to worship, Amen. We ought to lift up our hands and, and worship. And when we sing it, Oh Holy Night, when we're singing Hark the Herald, when we're singing Joy to the World, um, there should be no separation. Actually, as a matter of fact, we should worship even more so because the words of the song are so gospel-centered. They're so true. They're so good. They tell the story of Jesus' birth. They tell the story uh, of the world needing a Savior. And so um, so what we're going to do this morning is go through uh, one of the Christmas carols, one of my favorite, O Holy Night. Um, and, and there's a part of that song that says a thrill of hope. And I believe that the story of Christmas is a thrill of hope. It's a thrill. It's exciting. It's scary. Uh, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. And so, and if you don't feel that way about the Christmas story, then maybe this morning that, that'll change your mind a bit when you read it. It should excite you. And so, um, so we're going to actually, if everybody can stand up with me, we're going to actually go through the words of this song together. We don't have to sing it. This is not a choir tryout. Um, so don't be scared. Um, so we're just going to say it together. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. So he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Now when we say a thrill of hope, we got to like say it like thrill of hope. You guys ready? The weary soul rejoices. Good job. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Next slide. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. Oh, night divine. Oh, night divine. Let's, y'all can have a seat. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your faithfulness, God. We thank you that nothing escapes you, that you are totally sovereign in all of this, even this morning, God. 
I just pray that I would get below your word, that your word would speak to our hearts, that the Holy Spirit would move among us, God, and that it would pierce our hearts as we hear the words of God. God, the Christmas story is incredible truth. You brought hope to the world who was hopeless, who was broken, who was laying in sin. And God, I just pray that this morning that that would excite us, that that would bring us hope, that that we would share this story with everyone we know, not just in Christmas, but all year long, God. And so I just pray that you would use this time to tell of this great story, God. Uh, It's really a documentary, God, of of, of your son's birth. So use it uh, to transform the hearts of your people, God, uh, as only you can do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so so the story of Christmas, as we think of the story of Christmas, usually we we tend to think of it as just that, just a a story, maybe a a kid's story. And we will read it to our kids, and we have all these books. And I've been watching, like, a lot of Christmas movies the last couple weeks. Um, And I won't won't ask what your favorite one is, all right? Um, But... We've been watching a lot of Christmas movies, but really, here's what I love. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I love documentaries, okay? I'm that guy. Like, if you, my Netflix account is filled with documentaries. That's all it is. My wife's account, maybe not so much, uh, but I won't put you on the spot. She's right there, okay? Um, but... I love documentaries. I love the excitement of seeing people who came out of nothing and did something great or, or just, you know, some of the, some of the stuff. Just, I love watching. I love the real life aspect. I love the story. I love seeing the documentary kind of play out. It's thrilling. It, it's exciting. And so, you know, I think we need to change our mindset um, as, a, as the body of believers, of, as, as Christians. To, this, this story is a documentary. And we need to think of it as that. It's exactly that. It's a documentary that is thrilling, that is exciting, that has hope. Um, It keeps you at the edge of your seat. And so maybe you don't like documentaries as much as I do, but I just kind of want to set to your mind that this is a true story. This is real. This really happened. Documentary. And so as we're reading through this, as we're going through the lyrics of these songs, we're just going to break down the lyrics of these songs, and we're going to read out of the Scripture the story of Christmas. But again, this is not just a fairy tale story. This is a, a documented event. And so I hope that it keeps you at the edge of your seat as we're kind of reading through it. So we're going to start off first by the, the very first part of this verse of the O Holy Night. We're going to read those, those lyrics. It says, O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. And so I want to stop just at the very first part of that. I mean, the, the, the song is called O Holy Night. The first verse says, O Holy Night. And so I want to stop there. So why is this, why is this important? Why is this, why is this lyric important to us as we worship? Because first and foremost, holy means uh, to be set apart. And so, uh, so there was no other night like that night. Like uh, Pastor Jim perfectly described it last week when he said that, that Jesus came at the right time, right? It was the right time, the right day, the right place to fulfill the prophecies. And so uh, this day was set apart. It was, it was a holy day. It was, it was divine because God orchestrated it. But not only that, I want you to have another mindset as we sing the song. It was a holy night because God is holy. Because God ordained this night. Because the Holy Son of God was born. So it's a, a holy night. It's, it's the Savior of the world came. The, the Savior who had no trace of sin in his life. So I just want to talk about that part of the verse. Because as we sing it, we have to acknowledge God being holy. God is not like us. God has no trace of evil in his character. Amen? God is holy. He is set apart. Only God is holy. Only the Son of God is holy. And so that was an important part of this lyric. Oh, holy night. It was set 
set apart. It was at the perfect time Jesus came, but also the Holy Son of God was born. It was a holy night. It was a night divine. And um, Isaiah 57, 15 talks to this same idea of God being holy. It says, for this is what the high and lofty one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy. In the book of Revelation 15, 4 says, who will not fear you, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All the nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. And even the demonic spirits acknowledge Jesus Christ, God the Son, as holy. And this, I just want to stop there as well, because the wise men, they weren't godly men. They were wise men. They, they, they were smart men. They, they, they were really smart guys, but they weren't godly men. And even they came to worship the king, right? So, but even the demonic spirits acknowledge Jesus Christ as, as God's Son and as holy. And then Mark one twenty four says this. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know you are the Holy One of God. It was a holy night because God is holy and because his son is holy. So I like to, to kind of think this, and, and when I'm talking about holiness and God's holiness, is that Jesus is the only one. There's only one like Jesus, right? The perfect lamb. He's the only holy son of God. That's how I kind of put it in my brain. That's kind of how I think of it, that there is no one like God. God is set apart. He is not like us, and his son, in the same way, is the only holy son of God. And we needed um, Jesus to come because he was perfection. He was holy. He was set apart. There was no trace of sin in his life. So as we sing this kind of lyric, it's just good to keep in mind, oh, holy night, with all of that in mind, right? With all of that context, that kind of brings us to a place of worship in some of these songs because we go through the lyrics and we kind of just sing them, but it was a holy night. God orchestrated at the right time Jesus came and Jesus, the Holy Son of God, was born to, came, to come and save the world. So now we're going to get to the story of Christmas. Luke 1, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 1, starting at verse 26. We're going to read all the way through to 35. It says this, starting at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin be thought to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. I just want to stop here for just a moment because, remember, it's a documentary, right? It's a documentary. Now picture this documentary. You're, you're watching this for a second. Let me come back to the beginning. The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, right? And I know we think of angels like these pretty little, you know, with the white outfit on and the little halo around their head. But no, it's not really like that, right? I try to tell kids in our youth ministry that that's not what angels look like according to God's word, according to Revelation. Big wings, eyes, like they're pretty scary. And so picture this documentary. It's starting to get exciting. There's a thrill going on here. The angel Gabriel appears to this teenager, by the way. Most of us would be just as freaked out. So he comes to, uh, he comes to her and says, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Right? Her first reaction isn't like, cool. That's awesome. Right? It isn't. All right? She's scared. This, this, this angel is, is big, and it, it doesn't, it, it, you're not, we're not processing how scary this must have been for Mary to see this angel. But, but the angel knew that because he, like, must have looked at himself in the mirror and said, man, I look like that. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. She was like, I don't know why he's here. I know he told me I'm the favored one, that the Lord is with me. This is kind of scary, right? I'm trying to discern. And most of us would discern the moment as well, right? We would go, what is going on here? And the angel said to her, of course, do not be afraid, right? Don't be afraid. The angel is right in front of you. Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 
I know that must have been comforting. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, very good question, how will this be since I am a virgin, right? And so I, I, I'm going to stop there. Let's process that. She, this is like an angel came to her said, you found favor with God, okay? You found favor. You're going to bear the son of the most high. His name is going to be Jesus. And all the meanwhile, I think most of us would process the same thing. How is that going to happen, Right? I don't have a husband. How is this going to happen? And and the and the response is that you're going to be born. Uh, you're going to be born. You're going to have a virgin birth. I'm going to put Jesus inside of you, and that must have freaked her out, right? I think we have to see this part of the documentary, see this part of the story that it was really scary. It was really uh, I don't know if exciting is the word at this point, but it was thrilling, right? It was a scary time for Mary, and Mary must have thought, "Man, I'm going to bear a son. I'm only a teenager, and I don't even have a husband. How is this going to?" work out, and I think a lot of us can find ourselves there a lot of times, amen? Maybe we're in a situation where uh, God p- puts us in orchestrates events for, to use us in a way, and we're like, but we have all of these visions now, how God is going to use us, like, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there, God's going to use me in this way, but doesn't he always do something completely different, amen? Like, he does it in his way and in his timing, and we're like, um... Yeah, I didn't see that one coming, right? I did not see that happening that way. And I'm pretty sure uh, that Mary loved God, but Mary did not think that she was going to bear the Son of God, right? So she says, how would this be since I'm a virgin? I think all of us would ask this question. So the documentary is starting to get really exciting, right? So the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit, he will come upon you. This is how it's going to happen. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God. Why did he put that in? He didn't have to say that the Son of God was holy, but he put it in there because he wanted her to know who this was. There was no one like him. He's the only holy Son of God. And you're going to bear him. You're going you're gonna to gi- give birth to the holy, set apart. There's no one like him, Son of God. He was very descriptive. He, was, he made sure she knew exactly who he was. And so this must have been exciting. This must have been scary. This must have been thrilling for Mary. And, and if, I think if any one of us were in her shoes, I think we would be kind of scared. I think we, I, I don't know if, I think in, in the moment right now in 2016, we'll, we'll say, you know, I would have been like, praise God. I would have responded maybe the same way Mary's about to respond. But I, I don't think that's really the case. I think some of us would be scared because I think there's moments where God has done that in our life, and we were like, um, I can't do that, God, right? You ever been there where, God, that is, that is too big. That is too God for me to actually trust in that, right? That is really hard, and we're filled with fear. But Mary, I love Mary's response. And Mary's response, this response has challenged me, not just during Christmas, but I, this, this is the response of a servant who trusts God, who takes God at his word, who says, God, I know you are who you say you are, and I know you will do what you say you will do. This is what Mary, this is how Mary responds, and I love this, I love this, and it should be challenging to us this morning. And I'm going to read it out of the message version. And the Mary said this, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. Let's keep that up there. I think that is a response of faith. Amen? 
It's a response of faith. This angel appeared. I don't think we're grasping the concept of what happened that day. It was thrilling. It was scary. The angel came to her and says, don't be afraid. You found favor with God. I want to make sure you know that. And you're going to bear the Holy Son of God who's coming to save the world. You're going to bear him. And I know you're a teenager. Most of us would would probably say, God, I can't, I can't do that, let alone a teenager, right? But her response is a response, which to young people should be an encouragement, that you're not too young to respond in faith the way Mary did. You're never too young to respond in this kind of faith that Mary responded in, which she just said, Lord, I'm your maid. I'm your servant. I'm ready to serve. Let it be with you, just as you say. She trusted him by faith. It seemed kind of crazy, amen? At the moment, bearing a son, being a virgin, that, that's, let's all, can we amen? Is that, can I get an amen for that? I think some of you guys are like, that's normal, right? That's normal, right? No, that's not normal. It's just not. And so this was thrilling. This is a documentary of what happened. And as we read this, this should put you at the edge of your seat. Mary's response should be our response when God calls us. And it's, I'm ready to serve, God. I'm ready to be your hands and feet. I don't understand the totality of this thing that you've called me to. But as Pastor Dale always says, what God calls you to, he equips you for. And God equipped her with enough faith to respond, I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to be your hands and your feet, God. I trust you. I'll take you at your word. So Mary was ready for this thrill of hope. And then we get to this part of the, of the lyric, if you go up to that next. Yep. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. So there's a lot of Christmas songs that were like, who wrote this lyric, right? We're like, pining. I, I don't know what that means, right? I know some of us were like, we don't want to say it, but come on. Look to, okay, I just want you to look to your neighbor, and I want you to say, I know what that word means. Come on, can you do that for me? Now, be honest to the other neighbor and say, I really don't know what that word means. Okay. In church, sometimes we like to put up a front, but we're trying to break down that this morning. Let's be honest, right? So this word, pining. I was like, what is this? I get the gist of the verse, but I find it interesting that this is, this is so important, and I think even a lot of newer worship songs don't have verses like this, but it says, long lay the world in sin and error pining. What this verse is saying is that up until this point, the world was in sin. They had no hope. They had no Savior, and, they, and so this word pining, we can put up the definition, it means to hold fast to. So they were pining to the error that was of Adam and Eve, right, to the sin that indwells us. They were holding fast. They were pining to the error of Adam and Eve in the garden. They were holding fast to that. They, had, they, they were hopeless. They had no hope. They had no Savior. They were laying in this world in their sin with error pining. They were, they were attached to their sin, holding fast to, to their sin. And so like maybe many of us this morning, we're holding fast to guilt. We're holding fast to, to something that we shouldn't be doing that we know is sin in our life, but we know that there's hope. We know that there is hope. We know that the Savior has been born. So that's why this lyric is so important because it says, long lay the world in sin and error pining. But now, that's the error pining. There was, there's a new way. There's a sure way. There is Jesus. He, we can cling to the certainty. We can pine to the certainty that is Jesus now. All right? We can pine to the sure thing that we know that Jesus is the Savior of the world. We can pine to Jesus. So as you hear this lyric, you can kind of you worship maybe a little more freely because we, we were laying in sin, but maybe you've been saved by the grace of God through the person of Jesus, and you can go, man, I'm holding on to Jesus now. I'm pining to Jesus. I'm holding fast to Jesus. And so I love that part of the lyric. And then it goes on, and it says, a thrill of hope 
the weary soul rejoices. And so this is kind of the whole theme, a thrill of hope. The th- uh, thrill of hope, the weary soul rejoices. And so I, I want to stop there because I- we're going to be in Luke 2. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke 2. But I just want to kind of give you a recap of this. So, so Caesar Augustus sent out an order that everyone would be registered in their hometown. And like Pastor Jim said, that at just the right time that this decree was sent out, God orchestrated it. Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. He knew that. He did it uh, through the Roman government. It's just incredible how God orchestrated all of this. It was perfect in God fashion. But I just want to kind of, as we remember, we're, we're looking at the documentary of, of this and how Jesus was born, right? We're looking at it. And so now, just picture this for a moment. Now, picture Caesar Augustus sent that out, and Joseph comes to his wife Mary, right? And picture this. She's pregnant. She's about to have the baby. There was no way around it. It wasn't like a holy, uh, uh, a holy uh, pregnancy, right? She still had to go through the pains of pregnancy and, and the hunger. If anybody's, like any ladies in the room can probably amen to that. We've had three children, Jessica and I. Jessica had the children, and, um, and, and so I, I know, I know, like, I know when there was always cravings, and then there was, like, things agitated you, can't really go to sleep right, like, you just, there's never a good way to sleep, so you buy these weird pillows and all of this stuff, and they don't work, but so just picture this, Mary and Joseph, they're, they're, the, they're together, this, this order to be registered in your hometown gets put out, and Joseph hears about it, and he's like, oh, I got to tell Mary we got to go to Bethlehem. Like, it was 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, 80 miles. They didn't have a Prius, okay, or whatever car that you like. I like a Prius, so don't judge me, church family. They had no car. They had no car. It's 80 miles. She's pregnant. She's about to pop. She's about to have this baby. See this documentary? See how it's thrilling? Like it's it's like you should be in there. This has really happened. And so let me give you a little picture of what maybe she looked like. If you have a picture of Jasmine Avila, she just had her baby. Um, So just so you can put like, that's a real, like Mary was real. So this is kind of what she maybe looked like right here. She was pregnant. She didn't have, like she wasn't at Disney Springs, but... um, she was pregnant. Like, she was this pregnant, right? She was this pregnant. Let me just show you Jasmine's baby. They, were, they had their baby yesterday. Come on. Give a round of applause for them. Little Ezekiel, Jasmine and Brian. So happy for them. But go back to Jasmine's picture. She's going to kill me for this. But um, she's in the hospital. She can't kill me right now. So, so she was pregnant. Mary's pregnant. You see how it's like, it, like this angel appeared. The story starts to play out. They have this, uh, the, uh, Caesar Augustus says, you got to be registered in your hometown. She's, you know, pregnant women, we, you know, things, they get frustrated. And so Joseph probably tippy-toed to her and was like, we got to go to Bethlehem. I'm sorry. And she was probably like, she didn't respond, I'm sure, the way she responded to the angel, right? She's probably like, I'm not your maid, okay? I'm just kidding. I'm not ready to serve right now, okay? But so this happened, right? And she was, must have been like, man, we got to go. And it, it was a, maybe uh, it took a few days to get there. It wasn't in a car with AC. It was on a camel that spits on you. That's the only kind of AC that you get, right? She was frustrated. She has no snacks. It was like, it was, it was intense. It really happened. It was intense. So this story, as we're playing out, I just want us to kind of take a picture of what is happening here, right? God is orchestrating all of this so Jesus can be born in Bethlehem just like the prophecy says. It's thrilling. It's exciting. That's why when we sing these songs, this is a real thing that took place. But this part says a weary souls rejoice. And we know that Mary and Joseph were weary at that time. But what's, what it's referring to is the weary souls of the world. 
those who were waiting on the Messiah, those who were waiting on Jesus, those who were waiting on the hope. They were weary. They were tired. And maybe some of you, even in this Christmas holiday, I think we kind of get this way, but we, we do a lot during the Christmas holiday, but we never get to appreciate Jesus. It's weird. Like we don't fall down on our knees and worship him. We don't, we don't read as much as we should, and we don't, we don't have that joy of the Lord during this time, but yet we do so much, right? We're, we're with family, we're setting up things, and we're doing all these Christmas things, but we get really tired. We get really weary because we cling to that rather than cling to our hope, Jesus, even during this holiday season. And I'm convicted of that, but the world was waiting on this Savior. The weary world was waiting, and the Savior of the world was born. And so now the weary world, they can finally rejoice. And just like us today, we can rejoice. Can we say we can rejoice together on three, one, two, three? We can, re we can rejoice. It's exciting knowing that the Savior of the world has come. And how much more for us knowing the end of the story? And I'll keep saying that throughout this morning. I think we know the end of the story. They didn't. The wise men didn't. They came and worshiped him. But we know the end of the story. How much more can we worship God? And so let's look down at Luke 2, 8 through 15. And so it goes on and it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping, watching, keep, keeping watch over their flock by night. Excuse me. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel, there it is again, right? And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, again, really scary, says fear not, don't be scared, here it comes, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Like, I, I don't think we get this as we hear the story, we read it over and over every Christmas, but here it is, the, the angels, they were like, fear not. Behold, when they say behold, something exciting, something thrilling, something filled with hope is coming. Here it is. I bring you good news of great joy that's going to be for everyone in this room, for all mankind. There is no one too far for Jesus. There is no one too far to be saved by Christ. There is no one too far to be saved by the Savior of the world. That's good news, church, of great joy for all people, all of us. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, this is amazing. We, we, I don't think we get the magnitude. This is the part of the documentary we, were like, we would be like, yes, awesome, right? They were singing glory to God in the highest. All the angels rejoicing. Picture this. Picture this. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. I would have probably said the same thing. Which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Here comes the part of the documentary, the part we've been waiting for, the part that are like, here it comes, here it comes, here it is. Right? Joyful and triumphant, lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that has been told them concerning this child that they heard from the angels. And all who heard it wondered at, the shepherds, at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And I think Mary's response to all of this is really neat. 
this is really neat because I think a lot of us get we get trapped and we we don't we don't treasure up the things of God. We don't treasure up the word of God. We don't ponder on the things that are, are godly. And so this morning I, I want to challenge you just as Mary did to ponder, to treasure up all of these things that we're hearing even this morning, that this is the heart of Christmas, church family. Here it is. What we just read. The baby was born, the savior of the world. Treasure those things up. Let them ponder in your heart. When you leave here, this is just a, just a little nugget. When you leave here, that's when you treasure it up. That's when you ponder on it. That's when you reflect on it. That's when you, you turn to your neighbor at, or, or, or someone that, that you work with and say, you got to hear this story. I've been treasuring this stuff up. The Savior of the world has been born. And I think it's incredible, side note, I think it's incredible that, that this time of the year, Christmas, is, is the easiest time to share the story of the gospel with somebody. They are so receptive to hearing the story of Jesus, the Savior of the world. So many of us miss the opportunity, but maybe it's because we're not treasuring it up in our hearts and pondering on them. And so I want to challenge us to do that. And then the next lyric of the song says, For yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. Romans 13, 12 says, The night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. We have a new and glorious morning every morning. Amen? The yonder breaks. The sin of the world. There is a Savior that came and crushed and put the devil under his foot. It's a new and glorious morn. The sin of, of the chains that we are attached to were broken by the Savior of the world. So every morning we can wake up and say it's a glorious morning, knowing that we have Jesus that's fighting for us, knowing that we can treasure up the word of God in our hearts, knowing that we can live a life that is honoring to God, being conformed to his image every single day. The yonder breaks. It's a new and glorious morning. This is a new in glorious morning. And then the last part of this verse is this. This is really the response to that yonder breaks and new glorious morning. This is the only really response that we can have. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices. Oh, night divine. It was a holy night. The holy son of God came to save all people. Oh, night when Christ was born. Oh, night divine. Oh, night divine. The only response to hearing this story this morning. And I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know if, you're, if, you've, if you've ever come to church before, if this is your first time. I want to tell you that there is hope. And for the person that's just been doing this and, and it's just kind of been uh, uh, day in, day out stuff for you, there is hope. There is hope. The Savior of the world has come. And so here's what we need to do. The only healthy response is to worship. The only healthy response to hearing this glorious story for yonder breaks a new glorious morning is to fall on our knees and to worship the King of Kings. That's a healthy response of a Christian is to fall on our knees and to worship the King of Kings. It says at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. So I want to challenge those who have been running away from God or just been going through the motions. Or I've never heard this before. To fall on your knees after we're done during our worship and say, I need this Savior. I need this hope. I need him. We have to acknowledge that we're laying in our sin just as the lyric tells us and that we need this Savior. Savior who has come, who has changed this pining that we can hold fast to the ways 
of God, we can hold fast to Jesus. And then uh, Luke, uh, we're going to end off here on Matthew 2, 9 through 12. It says this. This is how we'll end our time. Let's turn to that. Matthew 2, 9 through 12. It says this. After listening to the king, they went on their way. He's talking about the wise men here. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Are you rejoicing exceedingly with great joy? When you come here every Sunday, when you wake up in this new glorious morn, do you, are you filled with exceedingly great joy? You know the whole story. Are you filled with exceedingly great joy? We need to be filled with this joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down. Again, it's the healthy response of those who acknowledge the king. They worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, only then, after worshiping God, after laying down, not doing a lot of stuff, not bringing him gifts, first they fell down and they worshiped, and then they opened up their treasures. They offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I'm going to tell you this. If you are a Christian, if you've walked this life of faith for long enough, you'll know that being a Christian is a constant thrill of hope. You don't always know the outcome. Most of the time you don't. Things are not always easy. Following Jesus isn't easy. It's countercultural. It's always a thrill of hope. It's always thrilling. It's always exciting. And I don't know where you're at, Christian. I'm talking to the Christian right now. If it's not thrilling for you, I want to challenge you this morning. Because it should be. You should be filled with exceeding great joy. The hope of the world has come. And we know the end of the story. He died on the cross and he rose again. We're going to be worshiping him forever. How are you not filled with exceedingly great joy? If you're going through it right now, a hard time, a trial, a valley, Jesus is the hope. Hold on to him. Pine to him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. This world may have troubles, but Jesus responded, I've overcome the world. Is walking this Christian life of faith a thrill for you? That's my question. And if it isn't, let's do business with God. We're going we're gonna to have just a few minutes after this to just pray. Just fall on our knees and worship God. And then we're going to sing, O Holy Night. We didn't do this on the first service, but we're going to sing it. We're going to worship. We're going to fall on our knees and worship singing the song. Not like we've ever sang it before, hopefully, but maybe like it's for the very first time that we've heard this. And sing out to God, O Holy Night. What a thrill of hope. Savior of the world has come. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, I just pray in these next few moments that we would just talk with you that we wouldn't think about all the things we have to do for you, that we would just fall down and worship. God, I pray for